folks. Welcome back to Indaba Africa. This is Chris once again. Hello, folks. Uh, how's it going? Uh, Herzlich willkommen bei uns here of Chris White Africa. It's a pleasure to have you back with us once again. It's Saturday, May 22nd, 2021. Wow, that beard is really looking full when I look at that thing right now. <laughs> Against the backdrop of that jersey, it looks pretty full. Welcome back to Indaba Africa News of the Day, folks. It's Chris White Africa. Let's get straight to the headlines. Not a lot of breaking news coming out of uh, South Africa and the region, but there is some news across Africa and around the world. So let's get straight to that. Here are the headlines with in-depth analysis coming shortly afterwards. A horrific bus incident in Shwana on Friday left six people burned beyond recognition and 57 others injured on the R537 Moloto Road. The cause of the fire remains unknown, but the images are quite horrific. Polyandry. Will South African women be getting more than one husband? <laughs> we'll address that topic shortly. Nombasa Mawala paid for chickens with money from ESCOM kickbacks. And the Springboks are set to return to the Rugby Championship at the TRC in 2021. First match is scheduled for the 14th of August against the Pumas from Argentina. We shall see if they are back in action. The Springboks will be taking on Georgia for a two-match test series here in just a matter of days in their first return to action since they won the Rugby World Cup in Yokohama, Japan in late 2019. Over 500 days since the Springboks last took to the pitch and faced competitions. Who knows what's going to happen here. After that, they're supposed to play three tests against the British and Irish Lions in what will now be a damp squib of an event. The British and Irish Lions tour waited on anxiously for 12 years coming to South Africa is now an absolute disaster courtesy of the uncaring elites in the National Coronavirus Command Council who are completely out of touch with reality. Namibia apparently is on the verge of decriminalizing homosexuality, something that's been a criminal offense since at least 1927 under existing law in Namibia. Nigerian Army's Army Chief Lieutenant General Ibrahim Atahiro and 10 others have died in a plane crash unfortunate situation in Nigeria. Just recently elevated from two-star to three-star in January of this year as a new chief of the army in Nigeria. Pakistani JF-17s have been delivered to uh, Makwari Air Base in Nigeria as part of the Nigerian Air Force's modernization effort. Three of these JF-17s have been delivered. And is Abu Bakar Shakao really dead? The gruesome, notorious leader of Boko Haram is reportedly dead after fighting an ISIS-linked faction who surrounded his hideout, apparently in the Sembizi Forest in northeastern Nigeria. Reportedly, purportedly, he blew himself up rather than be captured. But the Nigerian security forces are still investigating the incident. He has famously been reported dead on numerous occasions in the past, only to turn up later on in social media and on the battlefield. So the question is, is Abu, Shaka Abu Bakar Shakao really dead? Burundi and Beijing, ties remain strong. Nearly 7 million people in the Democratic Republic of Congo are at risk of famine, on the verge of starving. Angola plans to promote its diamond industry in the United Arab Emirates. And French bank PNB Paribas has been charged with money laundering of Gabonese public funds in a French court. Former President Donald Trump will be holding four rallies very soon. One in Florida, one in North Carolina, one in Ohio, and one in Georgia. Hey, what do we, chop liver in Pennsylvania? Come on back here, Trumpster. Former President Trump will be holding four rallies. Let's see who covers it, folks. 
won't be able to watch it on the tube because I'm sure they'll censor it. And no cable news network is going to carry it. So we'll see who actually covers it. Should be interesting. A 166% increase in shootings in the lawless city under the rule of the useless mayor of New York City. That would be Bill de Blasio. 166% increase in shootings in April alone has turned the upcoming mayoral race into a race about law and order. Queen Elizabeth visited her namesake, brand new aircraft carrier. The United Kingdom has a new aircraft carrier named after Queen Elizabeth. And Germany shuts the door to UK. Well, if you're from the UK, you can still travel to Germany, but you must be quarantined for two weeks because of Germany's health requirements. And the Curiosity rover is spied on from orbit. Fascinating photograph of the Curiosity rover taken from above. Vermont Senator Patrick Leahy has decided to seek his ninth, no, I didn't misspeak, ninth, consecutive six-year Senate term. The 81-year-old octogenarian just can't seem to let go. Apparently, he's the only Democrat that can win the race for the Democrats in Vermont, according to the decrepit, ancient 81-year-old Patrick Leahy, seeking a ninth term. He served eight six-year terms thus far. And the Stormers have defeated the Sharks in Durban in a fascinating game, which included a try from Peter Steph to Toy. 25 to 22. Congratulations to my Stormers on their victory, moving them up to second place on the log in the so-called rainbow, whatever it's called. It's not really Curry Cup. It's whatever they want to call it now, apparently. But congratulations to the Stormers on their 25 to 22 victory. Awesome news to hear that. Congratulations. Ladies and gentlemen, those are the headlines from today, the 22nd of May, 2021. Let's get to in-depth analysis of the news and commentary on it. Six passengers burnt beyond recognition in a horrific bus fire. You can see the photograph there of the incinerator remains of the bus. The Putco bus caught fire while driving, leave 57 others injured. The, tra the, road on, the traffic on the Moloto Road had been closed. Schwann Emergency Service and 50 other, said 57 other passengers sustained injuries and the charred remains of six passengers were found in the bus after they extinguished the blaze. Schwann Emergency Service Deputy Chief Tabo Charles uh, Mabasso said the Putko bus caught fire at about 1400 near the road of Plot Dam. When firefighters arrived at the scene, they found 14 patients and received reports that other patients were already rushed to hospital by private emergency medical ambulances. Of the 14, 11 suffered minor to sustained moderate, while one female patient had to be airlifted to Mill Park Hospital in critical condition. After extinguishing the blaze, they found what appeared to be charred human remains. It was discovered that six of the commuters were burnt beyond recognition. They said, what a horrific situation. Good Lord. Just trying to get a ride to and from work or to the shopping center, to the mall, or visiting family to be in public transport and that to happen. Thoughts and prayers to those who've lost loved ones on this horrific situation that took place near Schwana, Schwana, Pretoria yesterday. Polyandry, ladies, go ahead. Put a ring on it. That's right. That's right. Uh, there'll be lots of rings for these ladies. Polyandry is part of the new law that South Africa is trying to change their standards for marriage. Women will be able to marry more than one man. Look at this from Nigerian Pigeon right here. The proposal way South Africa homet the reason way go allow women to fit marry more than one husband don't generate plenty reactions for the country. Yes, uh, that's Pigeon, Nigerian Pigeon, by the way, in case you're curious about that. Polyandry, fascinating conversation here. This, is, of course, is an argument that the Western standards, not just Western, they're practiced all over the world, but there are many countries in which polyandry and uh, polyamorphous uh, relationships have been the norm in the past, but in the modern era have been constrained to just a man and a woman, more recently to same-sex couples, but to two nonetheless. This would allow a woman to have multiple husbands. Hmm, that's not going to cause a problem. <laughs> we'll see what happens there. According to News 24, 
the daughter of Gwede Mantasha, the South African minerals minister, who's already wrapped up in all sorts of potential corruption cases, including the car powership controversy for the 200 plus billion rand contract for that Turkish company that was strangely awarded in an odd bid. In addition, uh, he's also part of the ministry that recently reported the massive discovery of natural gas in the Karoo Basin. Now, apparently his daughter is accused of corruption and taking dirty money from ESCOM. Guede Mantasha's daughter, Nombasa Mawela, paid for chickens with dirty ESCOM kickback cash. Just reminds me of Tony Yangani getting a discount on a car loan, how inept the corruption was, or just how pervasive corruption becomes in South Africa under the African National Congress. It's, it's vile. It's sad. And it's unfortunate. They betray the liberation struggle each and every day. That's what they're good at, betraying the liberation struggle. The Rugby Championship returns for 2021, this time with the Springboks. At least that's the plan. That is the plan for now. South Africa to return to Rugby Championship as the 2021 fixtures are announced. South Africa missed last year's championship due to hysteria over the pandemic. The World Champions play two home games against Argentina, with the tournament's remaining 10 fixtures taking place in Australia and New Zealand. They play Argentina on the 14th of August. Then they play Argentina on the 21st of August. Those at home. Then the next game is against Australia on the 11th of September. And the last game is against Australia. So they don't even play the All Blacks? What kind of... I can't... Oh, here we go. Here we go. And the 25th of September, they play the All Blacks. And then they play them again the 2nd of October. That's a tough road to hope. So the Springboks are forced to go on the road for most of their games in this rugby championship. That's not going to go down well. We'll see what happens. Let's hope that the world champion Springboks can pull it out. In Namibia, apparently the country is on the verge of decriminalizing homosexuality. This from Pink News. Namibia on track to finally decriminalize... Gay sex, freedom will ring, according to Josh Milton. Namibia is on pace to decriminalize homosexuality by the end of the year as ministers pave a long-sought path to scrapping its decades-old anal sex ban. Probably more information than you wanted to know there. The government's Law Reform and Development Commission, a law reform agency, recommended reports published on the 17th of May that the sodomy laws be overturned. Justice Minister Ivan Dalsa confirmed to the Vintolk Observer, a local newspaper, that she will be submitting draft proposals to the cabinet to do that in two weeks' time, with the potential for the ban to be binned by the end of the year. No Namibian should be comfortable with any part of our society feeling either they are second-class citizens, that they are being excluded or stigmatized or, or discriminated against, either on the basis of their sexual orientation or the basis of their disability or status in a particular society, according to the Justice Minister. Well, that's on track. Namibia will soon apparently be decriminalizing. As I mentioned yesterday's news report, the Southwest Africa People's Organization, or SWAPO Youth League, or Party Youth League, has announced that, uh, in their view, homosexuality is satanic, and obviously they will oppose this effort. In Nigeria, the Nigerian army chief and 10 others have died in a horrific plane crash in the past 24 hours. The incident occurred as the plane was landing at Kaduna Airport due to inclement weather. Lieutenant General Ibrahim Atahiru and other military officers were killed when their plane crashed in the north. You can see there he's wearing two stars. He was just recently elevated to his third star, promoted to command of the Army. Occurred on Friday due to inclement weather as the plane was landing at Kaduna International Airport. Army Armed Forces said in a statement adding that the crash claimed the lives of 10 other officers, including the crew. No immediate information provided what may have caused the crash, but Brigadier General Mohammed Urema said details would be released soon. Names of the other military personnel were not made public. Chief of Staff uh, Atahiro was, was only appointed by President Buhari in January as part of a shakeup in the top military command to better fight surging violence. Buhari himself, a former general, was first elected in 2015, has been under increasing pressure from allies and critics over his government's handling of mounting security issues. 
This tweet from President Buhari, deeply saddened by the air crash that claimed lives of the Chief of Army Staff, Lieutenant General Ibrahim Atahiro, and other military officers. All of them were heroes who paid the ultimate price for peace and security in the land. Shocking news coming out of Nigeria to see the Army commander die in a plane crash. The question now will be, will the previous Army commander be brought back, or will they find someone new? As I mentioned, uh, General Atahiro was elevated an extra star for that position. The Nigerian Air Force, on its 57th anniversary, is taking delivery of three JF-17 fighter aircraft, jet fighter aircraft, from Pakistan. Pakistani Air Chief Marshal Mujid Anwar Khan speaks with Nigerian Air Force officers in front of the JF-17B aircraft. That's in December. But they officially took delivery of the three aircraft during a ceremony at Makurdri amid celebrations marking the 57th anniversary of the Nigerian Air Force. This is part of an upgrade, uh, 23 new aircraft, including they're expecting 12 additional aircraft coming from the contract with the U.S. Corporation SMC to bring in the Super Tucanos to help them fight their counterinsurgency fight against Boko Haram and ISIS-related groups. Speaking of Boko Haram, is Abu Bakar Shikal really dead? That is the question today. Nigerian security forces are still trying to determine whether it's actually true, the story that he was killed in a confrontation with an ISIS-affiliated group competing with him in the Zambezi forest this week. Local media reports citing intelligence sources say Abu Bakar Shikau was seriously injured or killed after his fighters clashed with members of the ISWAP group. They've been investigating reports the leader of the armed group, Boko Haram, may have been killed or seriously injured following clashes with a rival group. Abu Bakar Shikau has been the figurehead of the organization that since 2009 has killed more than 30,000 people, forced too many people to flee their homes, and spawned one of the world's most worst humanitarian crises. Number of reports published on Thursday, Nigerian media site Intelligence said Shikau was seriously hurt or killed after his fighters clashed with members of the Islamic State in West Africa province, which broke away from his group back in 2016. Reuters has been unable to independently verify, nor has anyone else at this point. The military is investigating. It's a rumor we're investigating. We can only say that uh, if, if there's something to it, we'll confirm it. His death would be big news if it's in fact true, but he's been reported to have been dead several times in the past, only to reemerge. Abu Bakar Shakal seems to be a cat with nine lives. Burundi and Beijing. Diplomatic ties remain sound. Burundi President Evarista Ndiashime Friday spoke highly of the traditional relationship and the all-around pragmatic cooperation between Burundi and China. Made the remarks when receiving the credentials presented by the new Chinese ambassador to Burundi, Zhao Jinping, in Bujumbura. He thanked China for its long-term support and assistance to the development of Burundi, hailing China as a reliable friend of the Burundian people. President said he's willing to continue joint efforts with China to achieve more outcomes from the bilateral cooperation. Well, congratulations to Burundi, a country perpetually on the verge of collapse from internal security issues, which China doesn't do much to help with. But uh, others do help with that, including South Africa. Nearly 7 million people are on the verge of famine in the Democratic Republic of Congo, according to CARE. Largest global food crisis, according to CARE. Nearly 7 million people in the DRC are one step from famine levels of food insecurity and 27.3 million are facing acute levels of hunger. Aline Rudrago, CARE, DRC country director, said the Central African country is now the largest food crisis in the world. The situation is and should have been preventable. Current crisis is a result of underfunding and a combination of different stressors over the last five years. We did not arrive here overnight. CARE appealed for an additional 20 million to prevent famine and stop people from suffering from severe hunger. Been plagued by violence as rebel groups fight each other or against the country's military and UN forces for territorial control. Well, the comment that the, the Aileen says here, I have to disagree with this. The crisis is the result of underfunding and a combination of different stressors. 
Well, it's certainly not the, not the result of underfunding. It's not the world's responsibility to feed people on the other side of the world. It's not Africa's responsibility to feed Congolese. It's Congolese responsibility to grow their own food or provide products that they can purchase food from others. Now, the stressors, the conflict, the rebel groups, the endless fighting, yes, those are legitimate. But the hunger is not a result of people failing to provide funding for handouts for food. <clears throat> Leave the region, move elsewhere. Go away from the conflict fighting. That's what people do, either as internally displaced persons or as refugees seeking refuge in a neighboring country. It's not the responsibility of the world to feed the Congolese into perpetuity while they continue to kill each other. Angola and the United Arab Emirates are promoting Angola's diamonds in the UAE. The Angola National Diamond Company, Endeama, and Angola United Arab Emirates Chamber of Commerce and Industry agreed on Friday to promote Angolan diamond industry in the UAE. Jose Hangari Jr., CEO of Endeama, said the agreement also aims to attract investments through the annual investment meeting. Well, Angola does have plenty of diamonds. We'll see if it actually pays off for them in the UAE. The French bank PNB Paribas is in trouble purportedly for laundering Gabonese public funds. PNB Paribas, one of France's leading banks, has been indicted on suspicion of laundering tens of millions of euros of Gabonese public money stemming from corruption and embezzlement. It's the latest development, a long-running investigation into luxury real estate acquired in France by the family of the late president of Gabon, Omar Bongo. Transactions made between 2002 and 2009 concern the account of Atelier 74, a French interior design company in charge of finding properties for the Gabonese president's family and renovating them at great cost. The ill-gotten gains case was first opened in 2010. The PMB indictment is the first time a financial institution has been caught by the probe. This is interesting development. News out of the United States where former President Donald John Trump is planning on holding four public rallies. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. But don't expect to find on any of the cable news networks or anywhere on YouTube because right side media seems to have been banned as well. Where will it appear? Who knows? Who will cover it? Who knows? Maybe Frank's speech will have it if you can actually log into Frank's speech. I don't know where you'll find it beyond that. Perhaps on Odyssey. Maybe someone will stream it on Odyssey. We shall see. Or somebody with deep pockets might stream it on Rumble. Wherever it is, it's bound to have a big audience as long as people know where to go find it. But President Trump is holding four rallies very soon. And that will be in Ohio, Florida, Georgia, and North Carolina. We'll be announcing them very soon or the next week or two. I think we'll probably start in Florida and Ohio. We'll be announcing the rallies very shortly. The rallies Trump held after announcing his candidacy back in 2015 after becoming president have attracted large crowds, sometimes numbering in the tens of thousands. Sometimes? Now, we've seen 70,000 or more people show up at Trump rallies. It's bigger than a Who concert. Trump has been giving interviews and releasing statements in recent months, particularly criticizing President Biden and Republicans he feels are not properly opposing proposals from Biden and other Democrats. Trump told One American News that people keep asking him about the uh, events of late 2020. And I'm not going to go any further than that because of censorship. We can't risk mentioning factual information here on this platform for risk of being censored. So that's the end of that news report. Sad, but the reality we face here. In New York City, the mayoral race is taking a turn for law and order. Surging gun violence over the past year has made a former policeman the frontrunner in the Democratic primary. New York City is gearing up for the last month of a mayoral race that is coinciding with a spike of gun violence the city hasn't seen in decades, including a 166% increase in shootings in April from a year before and a shooting in Times Square that's rocked the city. It's also hitting as the broader U.S. grapples with a spat of shootings that President Biden has called a national embarrassment. The impact is upending the race for mayor of the most populous U.S. city and elevating Brooklyn borough president and mayoral hopeful Eric Adams, a former policeman. Well, President Biden, the national embarrassment, of course it's a national embarrassment because you left this useless gas bags are running this country and allowing people to get away with assault, murder, looting, violence, intimidation, censorship. 
and you prosecute none of these criminals, not a single one of them. You devote intelligence and law enforcement agencies to persecuting law-abiding citizens. Law-abiding citizens. A national embarrassment, the shootings, of course, they're national embarrassment. Look at Chicago and Lori Lightfoot, New York City under Bill de Blowhard. Los Angeles, Philadelphia, under a out-of-control, criminally negligent district attorney, Larry Krasner, releasing murderers into the street where they commit murder again. No bail in New York City. Is it any wonder? That's the embarrassment. You're undermining the rule of law is the embarrassment. In the United Kingdom, Queen Elizabeth II has visited her namesake aircraft carrier. UK's Queen Elizabeth visits new aircraft carrier before an Asia trip. Britain's Prime Minister Boris Johnson speaks with a group of senior figures from the armed forces during a visit to the HMS Queen Elizabeth aircraft carrier in Portsmouth. She visited the country's new aircraft carrier today, named in her honor before it leads a flotilla of Royal Navy ships to Asian waters on its maiden operational voyage. That's a big operations tower there. Good news for the United Kingdom, but bad news if you're from the UK, you're carrying a UK passport, and you seek to enter Germany because Germany has shut the door on you. Now that you're not part of the European Union, the venal and vindictive German Chancellor Merkel and her administration are going out of their way to upset trade with the United Kingdom and to prevent people from the United Kingdom from getting into Germany. While they allow criminal alien invaders to run rampant and attack Germans in the streets, sexually assault German women and girls and undermined the rule of law in Germany while getting public payouts that German taxpayers are paying for. Yet law-abiding citizens from the United Kingdom are being restricted as Germany shuts the door. Germany declares UK a variant region. Germany's Public Health Institute on Friday declared Britain and Northern Ireland a variant region requiring anyone entering the country from the UK to quarantine for two weeks on arrival. Now, there's no mention whether you have a negative test, whether you've previously had the illness. Now they're simply going to restrict your entry and force you to quarantine and spend money for two weeks because you come from a country in which the venal, vindictive, amalgam de air, not Stasi stooge, Angela Merkel has decided that they don't like the UK, so they're going to do this. No science, no reason whatsoever in that decision. And the Mars Curiosity rover from space. Check this out, folks. This is interesting. NASA's captioned aerial shot of the Curiosity rover scaling Mount Marku on Mars. Curiosity spotted climbing a rocky outcrop. And there it is right there in that circle. Fascinating stuff. Taking altitude of 167 and a half miles above the rover. The hills around them are enriched in sulfates. NASA's Mars Reconnaissance Orbiter snapped a dramatic image of the Curiosity rover climbing Mount Marku a Terran near the feature of Gale Crater, according to Lunar Planetary Laboratory at the University of Arizona. This is imaged from 18th of April using a high-resolution imaging science experiment tool, or the HiRISE, which can spot features as small as a kitchen table. So even an altitude of 167.5 miles above the rover, the car-sized Curiosity rover was in plain sight. Since 2014, Curiosity has been climbing the three-mile-high Mount Sharp, the central peak of the Gale Crater. Its mission has been to scour the Red Planet for past signs of microbial life. In early March, it began approaching Mount Marcou, which is named after a mountain in France. Its first two years, it confirmed the Gale Crater was a lake filled with chemical ingredients suitable for life. Vermont's Senator Patrick Leahy, who is completing his eighth term, a senatorial term is six years, eight times six, I think is 42, something like that. He's decided he's going to run for a ninth term for Senate. The 81-year-old octogenarian has decided he must run. The Senate's longest-serving Democrat, long assumed to be on the cusp of retirement, is leaning towards giving it another go. Senator Patrick Leahy served since 1975 and is in line of presidential success and is asking colleagues to support his potential campaign for a ninth term. The 81-year-old has also indicated to them that he believes he's the only Democrat that can win the seat. 
If re-elected, Leahy could take the record for the Senate Longevity Chamber, famous for its octogenarians. He's not the oldest Senate Senator. Four others are older than he is, but he has experienced a health scare earlier this year that prompted anxiety among his Democratic colleagues. He's already raised more than $300,000 for this campaign. My Stormers have pulled it out, folks, in a fascinating, exciting victory in Durban, full-time in Durban, where the DHL Stormers have shown great composure in difficult conditions to close out a well-deserved 25-22 victory in their Pro 14 Rainbow Cup SA Coastal Clash with the South Sea Sharks. Yes, well done, including a try from Peter Steph Dutoy, who just returned to the lineup after being out. Though That's the news and headlines, folks, for today, the 22nd of May. 2022. Thank you for your time, your patronage, and your support here on Chris Wine Africa and Daba African News of the Day. And we'll catch you here next time for the next news report, which will be tomorrow, the 23rd of May. Thank you for tuning in. God bless and be safe out there.